0: What's up, guys? This is the Dirt Bike Channel podcast. I am your host, Kyle Brotherson. We are going to be talking about riding with kids today. I'm super excited about this uh, topic we're going to cover. I'm going to bring on Scott Robeson here, and we are going to chat. We are two guys that uh, have kids and uh, love to ride with our kids. And so we thought, you know what? We'll talk about a little bit about what it takes to get your family out riding and uh, talk about the different bikes you should do and the different expectations you should have and just give you some some thoughts for all those dads out there that are thinking about riding with their kids and uh, cover some of those topics. So I think it should be a good thing. I get a lot of email on this type of deal. And uh, so I'm just going to ring up Scott and we're going to have a chat about this. Give me one second here.
1: Hey, Kyle. How you doing?
0: Hey, how's it going, Scott?
1: Good. Good to talk to you again.
0: Good, good. Is this still an okay time to chat about this?
1: Yeah. Fan- yeah, absolutely.
0: Fantastic. I've got my recording software and everything going. I had a busy morning, so hopefully okay, hopefully no you can hear me okay. I can hear you crystal clear. Can you hear me okay?
1: Yeah, I can hear you really good. Awesome.
0: I've got a bunch of thoughts and a lot of the things that you said in your initial email to me. I printed both of them out. They really okay. resonated with me, you know. Yeah. And yeah. and then I read I read through kind of like your, you know, the The writing that you do with your kids and your saga, I feel like we have quite a lot of things in common. We're about the same age. Yeah,
1: you know? we're we're like the same age. I, I think you're like a year older than me, maybe. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's fun. I've been watching Dirt Bike Channel for a couple of years now. You're you're actually how I discovered YouTube, really. Okay. <laughs> so so Um, and when I watched your earlier Dirt Bike Channel, um, episodes. I'm just like, this guy is just like me. This is this is what this is just he's out riding for fun, just having a good time, loves dirt bikes, riding dirt bikes and I just yeah. I don't know. I just I I connected with dirt bike channel. I'm cool. like, yeah, that's 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 what I've and so when I've watched you ride with your kids and um it just reminds me what it's like when I'm riding with kids, you know. Right and I saw the one video where the ones you're riding off and the other one's stuck there and you're like, wait a minute, he's riding off and I can't talk to him. He can't hear me. And I don't know where he's at. Just, yeah. It's you're, you're like, it's stressful. Like you want to be out there having fun and you're stressed. And yeah. I saw that come through the video and I'm like, Yes, yeah, that is what riding with kids is like. Yeah, no, totally. And I grew up riding in the little circle in my backyard, just wishing that I could go ride you know, that my dad would have taken us out and go riding. And, you know, and I just, I had no idea that I'm like, wow, when you're the dad following kids, there's a lot to this. There's a lot goes into it behind the scenes. It's a lot of work to get them out there. And so anyways, yeah. Um, it, so I just thought it would be so fun to hear you elaborate more on what it's like to ride with your boys.
0: Well, and I think, I think it'll be interesting for us to kind of riff on this because We're we're not the only dads that are doing this. I go out riding with you know I've got a couple other buddies that I'll go ride with with their kids, and it's a lot of work. Um, Oh, it's all work. It's it's so it's so much work, and but then at times it gets really, really rewarding. But you have to put in a lot of times, and and another thing, and so we'll get into this. We'll get into like picking correct bikes for the kids and things. But just to kind of set the stage, what Scott is talking about here is just that this is going to be a lot of work and you don't want to do this unless you are passionate about dirt bikes. And, and so uh, I think a lot of guys are, but then the other, you know, cause you're going to, you're going to do a lot of work and, and you've got to have that passion. The flip side of that is though, you don't want to be too passionate to where you make it not fun for the kids. The number one priority for every ride that we go on, then I, and I tell my kids, this is to have fun. Um, obviously safe, you know, we want to be safe, but I think that's a given. So we want to be safe, but then we want to have fun. And then after that, I want the kids to grow just a little bit. I want them to be pushed a little bit, not so much that it makes it unfun because if you put them on the wrong bike, which we'll get into, or you push them to do things that they don't want to, or that they're really, really scared about, it's okay to have them do something that they're scared about, but it shouldn't be that the entire thing is just fear and fright and you know it's, it's good to it's good to set the stage every time with hey we're going to have fun and if you continue if you make sure that when you go you're telling the kids we're going to have fun and you come back and as you're on your way back you kind of do a um almost like a follow-up discussion with them and just say hey did you have fun what did you like what did you not like and just make an open dialogue with them i think it i think it's going to go a long ways you know
1: yeah and i think kyle that's we're out there to have fun. We are out there to have fun. That, And I got to remind myself that I'm probably the one I got to remind the most is me <laughs> because when we go out and, you know, let's say you and I are going to go on a ride together. Okay. I'm not worried about Kyle. I'm not worried about you. I just, I know you're going to, you can hold your own. You're fine. I can lead sometimes. Sometimes I'll lead and we're just, we're out there having fun. When you take your kids out, and you're riding, you gotta keep an eye on them. you gotta watch them and, and, and make sure they're okay and you're kind of keeping track of everybody. So you one of the notes I had wrote to you was lower your expectations of how much riding you're really going to do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: And, and and I think going out there knowing that when you're on a ride with, with kids, it's a different ride than when you're with your buddies. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so I think For me, it's like I knew that, but I had to learn it at the same time because there were times where we'd go out. And I think what's easy for me that I could do all day, you know, like what might be a little loop that I could just ride, ride, ride. The boys might have one of those. And not being frustrated that we can't do more. You know, yeah, we drove all this way or we're out here camping and we only rode for a little bit. Now we're sitting around. And so.
0: Yeah. So let's talk and I totally agree and I totally agree on that. Let's talk about picking, you know, picking the right bike for the kid or kids. This is a tricky one for me because I get these emails if it doesn't happen every day, it's yeah. at least every other day, somebody says, "Hey, what bike should I get for my kid?" And and honestly, I probably the the email that I probably get the most is, "What bike should I get?" And I don't know how old the people are, you know, and so they're like, "Hey, what bike should I get?" And, and so I kind of have a canned response, which I send back to people. And I'm more, I'm almost more comfortable saying that, like, Hey, you're an adult man or whatever. Here's eight or nine bikes you can go look for (laughs) when they're talking about their kids, which I get almost as often. What bike should I get? I mean, I have some, we have some starter bikes we can get into when they're, when they're really, really young, you know, four, three, four, five, six. And then you get into these weird ranges because the kids are so different you know, they yeah. they hit these growth spurts or they're, you know, a little bit shorter, a little bit bigger. I have known 12-year-old kids that are bigger than me. Yet I have a 12-year-old son who's like 70 pounds and is still riding, yeah. you know, just like a, a 65 two-stroke and stuff. But so so keep in mind, anyone who's listening to this, you need to take all this stuff with a grain of salt because every kid is so different. I've got three, I've got four kids that are all completely different. You know, I've got...
1: You know, so fun about... I'm sorry. I didn't want to interrupt. No, go ahead. Oh, what I was going to say, this is one of the topics Kyle that I was really looking forward to talking to you about, because I think you and I have taken a little different angles on this and I feel like they're both right. And what's fun is I really want to hear your perspective on this in more detail and why you chose the choices you made. And I think you've kind of done that on YouTube a little bit, but I'd also like to share with you why I made the choices I made. yeah, and I think it's great because very much what you said is true. It's the personality of your kid and what you want to be doing. So if you don't mind, I'll just give you a brief summary of the yeah. bikes I have. Yeah, let's do it. So what we have is I have uh, the Honda XRs. I have an XR70. It's a 2000. I have an XR80 and an XR100. And so these are the older ones. These are the, the styles. So my xr 80 and the 100 are from the 90s, so they're your older style bikes. They're they're kickstart, um, four stroke. They're just real mellow trail bikes. And yeah. then we also have a PW50 that was given to us, and so both boys started on the PW50. And I have one
0: boy, and that's a Yamaha, my oldest. For anyone listening, yeah. the PW50 is made by Yamaha. It's the littlest one. Yes,
1: yeah. Yeah. and the and I would say for anyone thinking about a PW50, this is. Just something to consider with it. It's really a in-your-backyard kind of bike and smooth trail, um, gravel road, very beginner terrain, very, very beginner. It doesn't have hardly any suspension. It's in, it's a centrifugal clutch, so meaning there's no gears. And so it's very limited to what it can do. It's 10-inch tires, so the tires are very small. Um, so it's really worked the best. We've had the most success with it in our backyard with the kids riding in a circle, yeah. you know? It, it And so it's just getting them going. And so the reason that I went with the Honda XRs and I'm, and I kind of like to work on bikes. So the 80 and the 100 were both project bikes that I bought that needed a lot of work. I got them cheap. I paid 600 bucks for the 80 and I paid $300 for the 100. And I've, so the 100 was a true project bike, so to be full disclosure, there's $1,500 total into that bike to make it, but it's mechanically fresh all the way through and through. The 80 is similar, so even though I paid 600 bucks for it, I updated it. They, they both had points in them, so breaker points are your old-style ignition system that degrades as you ride. So I, the late model Hondas, if you find an ignition system, you can put that on there. So I've got money into those bikes fixing up but i kind of like that i learned a lot yeah. from it i think the benefit to that is if you're the kind of dad that likes wrenching on motorcycles and you need projects to do that's something to think about is fixing one up because then you learn all about it you learn about the maintenance you learn what breaks you learn how to take care of them so that's just something that's personal for me um what i like about those bikes is they're quiet uh my boys seem to just they like the quiet four stroke. They're easy to ride, lots of low end torque. They're not real zippy. They're not going to be great on a motocross track by any means. They're not race bikes. These are just going out having fun in your backyard, having fun on your local trails. You know, fun trail ride. That's what they're for. And they go through very little gas. It's an air filter, a lubing the chain, and an oil change maybe once a season, and you're good to go. And that's kind of why I went that route with those. It's just it's easy. It's low maintenance um and it's easy for the kids to learn how to ride. The XR80 and the 100 have real transmissions or clutch 5-speed transmissions. The XR70 is an auto transmission. So it's a 3-speed auto clutch. So it's kind of the next step from the PW50.
0: Yeah. So so, so how yeah. old how old were your kids and how old would you recommend? I have some thoughts about this, but are uh, the PW50 when's the best time to kind of start A kid riding as far as age and and height or weight. Do you have any thoughts about that?
1: Yeah, and I would say it depends on the child. So like you said before, it really depends on the child. So what's interesting is if you go read the Yamaha, it comes with a book. It's like a ready, maybe you've seen this, Kyle, but it talks about readiness for a child. So it talks about several skills that your child needs to do. So I would say if your child can ride a bicycle without training wheels, and they listen to you, uh, most of the time, which I think everybody with kids knows they don't always listen to you, but you know, they need to be able to have, you you need to size up your child. Can they hold the bike up? Can they stand there and hold the bike up? Um, I started, I started our kids on that PW 50 when they were three. And I would say that that that's pushing the envelope big time. Um, it came with training wheels. I don't recommend those. I, I, I know a lot of guys use them. They're kind of dangerous because they can hit stuff. I had them. So I tried them. I, I wouldn't use them again. I just, I think, wait, just wait a little bit, let him ride their bicycle, let them get used to balance and stuff. And then what I did is when he started riding that by riding the PW 50, when he was three, I tied a rope to the, there's a bar underneath the, I tied a rope to it, hung onto the rope, because I could actually overpower it. If he started to accelerate (laughs) away from me, I just grabbed the rope. So I started him at three and I just let him putt around a little bit out front with a throttle set screw in it. It comes with a throttle set screw so you can really tune it down. What are your thoughts on that, Kyle? (laughs) I don't know where I was at with it.
0: No, I love it. I think that three is probably about as young as you'd ever want to do. And I, I wrote before you said anything about training wheels, I wrote it down on my paper right here because i yeah. i do have pretty strong feelings about this now just because kyle and scott say they don't like training wheels on bikes that doesn't mean that you're a bad dad if you decide to do that or if you did that yeah. so we're not i'm not trying to put anybody in shame or anything but i believe that if your child still is on training wheels on his pedal bike they're not ready for a dirt bike yet there are just yeah. enough things that they're going to be dealing with i think that they need to be able to ride their pedal bike without training wheels in fact I think training wheels are a huge crutch altogether. I've got four kids. I have learned training wheels are not good. What, the be- same thing, Kyle. The better, yeah, thi- the better thing to do is to get them a Strider bike, which are not expensive now. You can get them for less than $100. bucks. i have got yep. my three-year-old daughter is on her Strider bike. I did, I did training wheels on my oldest daughter, and she couldn't ride a bloody pedal bike until she was past six years old. And then with yeah. the uh, with the boys, I got this Strider bike, and I had a two year old rocking a Strider bike, being a, ripping up and down, balancing at two. You know, and so yeah. and so and my and every kid is a little different. So like my daughter, my youngest now is she has she's almost striding with it, and she just turned three. So every kid's gonna be a little bit different, but I'm not thinking anything about dirt bike for her until she can ride a pedal bike full on and she's yeah. not and she's not there, so I feel like you get a strider bike for them to learn the balance you and then the the hard transition for the kid is being able to learn how to pedal and so a a trike yeah. really, really helps if you've got a strider yeah. bike for them to get the balance down and you have a tricycle for them to get this pedaling motion down, then you put them together, and now you've got the kid riding a pedal bike if they once they can ride the pedal bike fine, in my opinion, now we're ready to introduce something else, which is this thing that's going to weigh more than them, and we're going to work on throttle control and brakes, and so if, for me it's just this progression. So every kid is going to be different. Some of the kids are not going to be ready for that until they're five or six, and some kids and might I
1: really. And I yeah I want to echo what Kyle saying here because what he described is exactly what our family did. I we had Strider bikes, and then we I tried training wheels for a, a little bit because I my. I wasn't going to put my oldest on training wheels like ever. And we bought him his first pedal bike. And then there was a, he was upset because he really wanted the training wheels. And I thought, you know, bikes are supposed to be fun. I'm just going to let him have fun. So I put the training wheels on it and it training wheels can cause you to crash. You do yeah. things with training wheels that you wouldn't do normally.
0: It's bad habits. So you create bad habits.
1: You create bad habits. Now I'm, I'm big into biking. I, I mountain bike and I ride dirt bikes and I love both sports a lot and I find they complement each other and but pedaling a bike makes you stronger for motorcycle riding so it's going to help your child be stronger for motorcycle riding too
0: absolutely and
1: so it's it's a good thing and and, and another plug out there not just for strider but for balance bikes is if you're camping or if you're out want to go for a neighborhood walk now your two-year-old can go with you on that walk because they can ride that strider bike and kind of Got four kids, so you know this. I, you can go for a walk around the block, and that kid can ride that Strider bike because they can go further. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's good.
0: Yeah, I think as soon as I was introduced to the world of Striders and saw how fast the kids progress, I threw away training wheels. I mean, yep. and I, I would never use another set of training wheels. I think that was from an era where we didn't have another solution, but as soon as you take yep. the pedals off the bike and the kid can actually just walk around with it. It it will it will supercharge their ability yeah. to ride a bike and to balance. And that's what we want. Yeah. So then we move in. What we did with the bikes, um, the first one that I had, I didn't actually do the PW50. This next time around, I will. So it's funny that you said, well, it was interesting to see the things that you did. I've learned some things, and I wouldn't do them all the exact same the second time around. Now, this yeah. is a caveat because every kid's going to be a little bit different, but we, I didn't get... The smallest bike that we got was a Honda CRF 50, which is the, just the upgraded version of your XR, the, the XRs, the 50s, the XR okay. 50. So it's a CRF 50F. That's what Honda makes now. They've been making it since like 05 or something. Uh, and we started with that. It's a kickstart bike. Um, it has three speeds. You don't have to have a clutch. And so we started with that. And those are bulletproof and they're awesome. They cost around $1,500 new. You can buy them or thirteen dollars to $1,500. You can buy them a couple years old for around a thousand dollars, or even, you know, 700 to a thousand dollars. And the funny part is they hold their value. Once those bikes get to about 700 bucks or 800 bucks, they don't really, they don't really get any lower than that. So let's say you go out and you buy a two or three year old Honda 50 or even the Yamaha TTR 50. Um, those bikes will depreciate to a certain point and then they'll hold the value forever. (laughs) Essentially. Yeah. So
1: like, to, to, com- to comment on what Kyle's saying there, I have a 2000 XR70 here and the thing is in perfect condition. I mean, and it's, so I would say that with those, and they haven't changed them, really. They haven't changed the, the design of that bike very much. I think they make a bigger displacement now. I think it's a 110 instead of a 70. Yeah. But for you guys out there looking for a used bike like that, condition is almost more important than age i would say you
0: don't have to care about the years you just want to see you don't need to yeah yeah
1: yeah and the big thing when you're starting out is throttle, but you want them to be able to understand throttle control that's kind of the biggest thing and you want them to know what to do you want to get that muscle memory down of using a throttle is what i found was probably the first big step and stopping how to stop
0: yeah yeah, we did, we did an electric bike in there and, and the electric bikes bring on a whole new thing. But the one we got was a cheap one from razor. Um, and okay. it, it was okay, but I, I wouldn't do that one again. I didn't even mention that, but there are going to be some elect. there are some electric bikes now coming up that could be really good options too. the benefit there is it's even more quiet than these bikes that we're talking about and you can ride them in a park and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that's another option that people could do as they're kind of getting the kids going. Um so I we went from the CRF 50s and then I bought a CRF 110F for and it's the same thing as what you have on that XR 70 it's just yeah. they they don't make the 70 anymore they used to make a CRF 70 and a CRF 110 they just dropped the 70 cuz it was the same frame I think it was even the same motor just they yeah. punched they punched it out more for the 110 so they're like there's yeah. no reason to have the 70 so so we went to that 110 and I had that for my daughter my boys were riding the little 50s, the CRF 50s. And my daughter was older. And so I had the CRF 110F for her. And that was a great bike. Um, And I then thought my boys needed something faster because what I noticed was on the CRF 50s, they'd be riding around and they're bombing around. And I would ride behind them and I would notice how they would hit like a little bump. And the suspension, there's not a ton of suspension there. And it literally would just disrupt the chassis so much. I watched my kids crash a couple of times because yeah. they were riding faster than the bike would let them. And so I would definitely do the CRF 50 or the TTR 50s again. Um, but then I jumped them straight to these KTM race bikes. They were the KTM 50s. Mm-hmm. So now we moved from a 54 stroke that was gentle and could kind of putt up any hill and gave them a ton of confidence, but the suspension was kind of lacking. And then I jumped them to these KTM 50 race bikes, which were my least favorite bikes that I've had so far. (laughs) Okay. Um, And it was good because, well, it was good in one hand because the suspension was now able to handle bigger stuff and harder stuff and faster stuff, but the bikes were like an on-off switch on power. And so it went from, we were having fun on trail rides on the CRF, the Honda 50s, the little four strokes. We were having fun on the trail rides and they could go up any hill they wanted if they just clicked down into first gear it it would climb anything and they were having a blast and then we moved them to these race bikes which were fun on the flat stuff because all of a sudden they had tons more power and they could go faster but as soon as we start doing trail rides they had some challenges and we actually took a step backwards in their confidence in the beginning you know because all of a sudden now they're riding these bikes that were made to go racing around motocross tracks and in order to do the same little kind of quasi-technical trails that we were going on before, they had to be going faster. The bike didn't have the low-end torque to go through it slow like they could do on their little Honda. And so now they yeah. had to hit everything fast. And, and uh, there were multiple rides where the boys just came back scared. And they loved yeah. the idea of dirt bikes. But then in practice, it became scary and harder. And so, yeah. I'm not saying that those little KTM 50s don't have a place, or, or Cobra makes a Cobra 50. I'm not saying they don't have a place in trail riding. I'm just saying that I think if I was to do this over again, I would have just stayed with it because the boys never really w- rode that 110. Like like the the XR 70 that you've got and the 110 that I had, yeah. the boys never yeah. really rode that. Because, yeah. but I've watched other kids, and and what I've learned is I'd probably do a CRF 110. And then just yeah. get the suspension upgraded. Because yeah. those bikes, it's a little bit bigger frame. I know they're super heavy, but I think I would just upgrade the suspension on that bike and keep them on those and skip the little KTM race bike if I did it again. Yeah.
1: See, one of the things that I liked about the XR80 and the 100 is they're light. The 100 is right around 160 pounds. And the 80 is 10 pounds lighter, 150 you know, and you put gas in. I haven't, met, I haven't weighed them. I'm just going off of what the internet says, but they're not a super heavy bike, and they have bigger wheels and a little bit more suspension travel. So I think what you're aiming for is, yeah, maybe you're not, you're not, you're not on a race bike, but you're on a bike that does have a decent amount of suspension for a child, and they've got the bigger tires and it's got a real transmission. So they're learning some great skills. And I'll be honest with you, my nine-year-old wants to putt around in second gear on the on the xr8 He has just much and then after he's been riding for a while he might go a little bit faster and a little bit faster um so that's why i like those is they're not super heavy i think that's one of the things that
0: well the funny part though you say they're not super heavy but they'll weigh three times as much as your kid does that's right. So, that's, so they, that, that's so right. they are, they are heavy. If that's the yep. the biggest reason why I went with the fifty, the little fifty bikes from KTM, the, mm-hmm. their little race bikes, is they're half yeah. the weight. We're talk, we're talking that's these true. bikes would be under, they were under hundred pounds, or or somewhere right yeah. around hundred pounds. So yeah. they were so much lighter.
1: But, which is sixty pounds lighter than an XR, so right. which is a, a huge difference. I so mean, that'd be a big difference it, on a big bike.
0: It's a big, it's a big difference, and so that's why I went with it. But it just mm-hmm. did have some other challenges. And so, if we, when we would go camping, if we were just out in like open fields and stuff, the kids mm-hmm. loved and had a blast on their little KTM yeah. race bikes. But then when I would take them on a trail ride, that's where we struggled, and that's where I'm like, you know. I don't know that I really gained anything by doing that. Even though I bought the yeah. bikes that were way lighter and and technically faster, it doesn't matter. You can't be full throttle. You're not going 40 yeah. mi- you're not going 40 miles an hour yeah. on these trail rides. So yeah. who cares how fast the bike is? But it's just it's yeah. a different perspective and I don't think there's a right or wrong here if you're a kid and that's the other thing too. You and I are obviously not racers. We're not getting our kids into competitive racing. If you were going right. to do competitive racing, then you're going to do the race bikes all the way and you
1: have to buy the race bikes yes. yeah yes, yeah yeah absolutely um yeah and i and i agree with all that and i so i think i think you just have to look at what you're going to do with it and what you're going to be what your expectations are for what you're going to ride and and i think what's tough is when you go look at the new hondas so would if you weighed your 125 your fuel injected 125
0: I, I need to do that right now. In fact, I want to do a full review on the bike because that, that's okay. that's another one. So then we stepped up. My boys are on 65 two-strokes, but I also have mm-hmm. a Honda 125F big wheel version for my daughter. And all and all my boys can can ride that. And I think I'm going to do a full review of that bike now that we've had it a little over a year. We might have had it two okay. years. Maybe, no, somewhere over a year. That's your, that but was the
1: replacement for the XR100, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. And they there's weight added with the battery and electric start. Now it's you know that's a lot easier. Well, let push pushing a button, especially a fuel injected bike. That's you roll it out. I mean, there's something to be said about your your kid just pushes a button and they go. You know, so I I I think they just got heavier with the newer models than the than the older ones. But um, but this when it's fuel injection and it's just push a button and go, then it that makes life a little easier
0: yeah yeah it does and i've really liked it the um 125 f that we've got Mm -hmm. um and i'll think i think i'll do a full review on that but then i just i kind of wanted to go back with my my boys we moved off of the um ktm 50 sx bikes and we went up to both the yamaha and the ktm 65 two strokes and those bikes oh my gosh i have loved those bikes I mean, there have been sometimes like we've, you know, every once in a while, it's harder. It's hard to start them, you know, because they're kickstart only, but they're super light. Um, yeah. and they, now they're on like real dirt bikes. They have clutches. Yeah. Um, yep. uh, and, uh, and that was kind of an interesting part. Have you, have, have you had to work in, uh, clutch, clutch work with your kids yet?
1: Um, the, yeah, no, they do it. Uh, my oldest can do it and he, he does it well. How, how old is he? He's nine. And when did he so start a, with and it? And he started with it. I he's been riding a clutch since he was six. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's been able to do it. He's been able to do it for a couple of years now. And how, how
0: did you how did you get how did you make that transition? It was something I thought it was going to be a much bigger deal than it was, and now I've taught three of my kids to do it. And it wasn't nearly as big of a deal as I thought. But how did you go about moving the clutch I did, transition?
1: I I just pulled it in. It's, the Honda makes it really easy because I if when you go to like on an XR80, it just you can almost dump the clutch and it will go. It's, so it's just about as forgiving as you can get. And so I just would pull it in with him, and we would just go. Just would start letting it out till you feel it drag. And again, that, that, that's the advance. That's why I like the, the XR. Not that you can't do this with the race bikes, but the race bikes require you to give more gas as you get going. Where the Honda, you can just start letting it out, and it'll start to drag the bike forward. And you just give it a little gas. And we just practiced it, but he picked it up. He picked it up in one day, it seemed like. And you know, and I think again, it depends. And I'm not saying that he's anything special. I think kids in general, you just pull it in with them. And you just kind of show them how to do it and let them practice a little bit. And then they'll, And then I said, once you're going, pull the clutch in, pull it into second gear and just let it out. And he just did it. And we just practiced it. We went out and practiced it, you know, in front of the house for a couple of days. And he just started doing it. And it wasn't perfect every time. There was a little bit of a learning curve. But after he practiced it a handful of times, he had it down.
0: Yeah, well, it's fun. I, yeah, it's funny because I I thought it was going to be a huge thing, and we had had like we said at the beginning of the podcast. There's there's so many tears with this. Yeah, <laughs> there, yeah. Now, yeah there Now now we come back we come back from rides, and if we come back from a ride, and I've usually got both of my boys. I usually mm-hmm. don't. My daughter doesn't come with us a lot. I usually have. I have to go kind of separate with my daughter because she's she's fourteen. She doesn't ride as much as the boys. The boys are nine and twelve, and the boys okay. just thrash their sister, unfortunately. And that's just because she isn't into it. And so I can't really ride with all three of the kids. I have to take either the boys or my daughter, but there's a lot of tears that happen. And if we come back from a ride and no one has cried, I'm going, wow, that was cool. You know? Yeah. And, uh, but the, I, so I thought there was going to be a lot of frustration when we moved over to clutch bikes and I was super worried about that. And we came home with a, with a KTM 65 SX race bike, and, uh, I showed him in the backyard like four times. I was just in the backyard in the, gr- we never ride in the backyard cause I've got, I live on a yeah. quarter acre lot, but yeah. I took him in the grass in the backyard and I kind of reached over them. I, I wasn't riding the bike with them, but I just kind of reached over them from behind and said, okay, yep. put your finger up on the clutch and let me show you what's happening with my clutch, with the clutch hand and with my throttle hand. And I showed it to him about four or five times with them on the bike so they could actually see what I was doing. And then I said, okay, yeah. you try it. And they basically dumped the clutch like you talked about. And even though it was yeah. this 65-2 stroke, the 65-2 stroke has enough torque that they can just go, just pop the clutch and it'll yeah. and it'll just go. Like it's yeah. almost hard to kill those, you know, especially if you yeah. give any throttle at all, you just boom, dump the clutch and it goes. So they yeah. did that a few times in the backyard. I'm like, okay, let's go for a ride. We put all their gear on because at that point they were just in the backyard. With boots, all yeah. I did is I made them wear boots. We didn't even have a helmet on. We might have, yeah. But the point is, we were on soft grass, and I'm like, we're just gonna do a couple stops and starts. Then yeah. I put them in yeah. their full gear, and we just go out onto onto a gravel road, and boom, they just they picked it up. And yeah, they stalled a few times, but especially if you're on a gravel or a dirt road, you can almost dump any bike or uh, dump the clutch yeah. on any bike, and it will just it'll spin the tire if it needs to, and then go, and you just kind of let them. And what I've noticed is that. They, they'll be dumping the clutch, and then you start working with them the next few rides and be like, hey, let's let the clutch out a little slower, and let's get more smooth. And it doesn't take very long, and, and they get more and more smooth with it. The, one, yeah, it, the tricky part it, that it, I noticed it, on the Honda, though, uh-huh. is the Honda, the 125F. We've got a 2019 Honda uh-huh. 125F. The, yeah. the clutch doesn't actually engage until the lever is a long way from the bar. And that's hard. Yeah. That's hard for the kids with yeah. little hands. Is if if you can try to adjust yep. that so that the clutch engagement happens, so it's not all the way out. It might make it a little easier for those little hands.
1: Yeah, one of the things that helps a lot that I did on the older bike is I just replaced the clutch cable. That does a lot. It's amazing when you get one that oh, yeah. it got a lot of time on it. Put your clutch cable on. Twenty bucks. You know, and it makes it easier. But yes, you're right. the The KTM has the the KTM has the hydraulic clutch. Huh? Yeah,
0: they're hydraulic.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's 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 helpful because it engages it right away, right off the bar, right as pretty, you start to let it out.
0: Yeah, they're they're pretty good that okay. way. But even the Yamaha, the Yamaha that we've got, okay. YZ65, is a standard, you know, a steel braided clutch, and it's actually yeah. easier to pull than the KTM. And I think it's because of the springs okay. that they have inside the inside the clutch but I hundred percent get a new clutch cable you know if it's worn if it's an older bike or whatever it's such an easy maintenance item and it could make it it's a huge difference you got to realize your kids yeah. don't have the the hands the strong hands that you do you know yeah and then yeah. and then lube the clutch point you know put some grease up on any of those pivot points so that that thing isn't so stinking hard to pull
1: right yes yeah and and that's you know just just going through that with and that what I found is Kids learn pretty fast. There's, you know, it's kind of like you were saying now. Like I taught my wife to do it when we first met because she rides with us too, and it took a lot longer to get her to figure it out <laughs> as an adult. Had she ever um, driven
0: like a stick shift in a car or a truck?
1: No, no, she'd never done that before. So it was just learning that, getting that rope memory down. It's kind of like getting that rope memory down, learning to grab yeah. the clutch and learning how to let it out. And I think adults in general, I think if you if you didn't grow up doing it it takes a little bit more to more practice to get there but i think a dirt bike clutch is more forgiving than a car clutch anyway cuz you're you know just generally speaking because you have a lot less weight you're dealing with and it's there's oil in there so you can let it slip longer and you know what i mean yeah so yeah yeah
0: i i i grew up i was driving stick shifts when i was like six you know on kind of on the farm okay. trucks and tractors and things so i laugh i i it always surprises me when i meet people that are my age and i'm like wait you've never driven a stick shift but a lot yeah. of car, a lot of cars don't have it anymore you know i it's been a yeah, while since we, we've even had a vehicle that had a had a stick shift so you got to go out there and get a sports car or something and then even most of those don't have them
1: so. yeah and i learned to do this when i was five years old so when i was five years so i'd oh, as long as i can remember i've always known how to do a dirt by clutch. Yeah. So to me, it was just something I didn't have to, I had to kind of refine my skills a little bit when I started riding about 20 years ago, you know, really riding seriously. Um, but yeah, I, it, it, I, I always knew, so it wasn't like I had to learn this new skill, but I think it's, but for kids, I think you spend a little time with them just like, I had a very similar experience to what you had. That's basically how I did it too. So.
0: So let's talk about, we've talked about the bikes a little bit. Um, let's talk about, you know, your idea. This is actually the one where you caught me on the email. So I get a lot of email from people and and people have different ideas or, hey, this podcast, that podcast. The reason why I emailed you back was this bullet point. You said lower your expectation on how much riding you'll do. Maybe discuss yeah. the added stress of always looking out for your kids which is much different than riding with the guys. I know we talked about that a little bit, but let's talk. Let's kind of expand on that a little bit. What did you mean when you said lowering your expectations on how much riding you're going to do with your kids? So
1: when I go drive somewhere to go for a ride and I got riding areas half an hour from my house up to two or four hours, I get there, I want to ride. I throw my gear on. We're going, the whole day is about riding and we're going to ride until we can't ride anymore and we're coming back to the truck and we're going to come home. <laughs> That's the typical, you know. When I would go, the guys that got me into riding, it was always a four hour. We we didn't just put around the gravel pit. We got on the bikes we rode trails, and we went out. And it was all it was day, always serious. It was always all day, and we were going to make the most of this. Um, what I meant by lower your expectations is, is you might get all you're, you're going to spend a lot of time loading up all the bikes because now it's, you're not just dressing yourself you're addressing other other little people you're not just worrying about your own bike but you're going to start one maybe two more bikes or in my case it's two more bikes or i'm gonna maybe have a kid ride with me and then watch another kid and so there's a lot more to do so you're going to spend it's a lot more effort to load up it's a lot more effort to get there i'm just i'm just
0: just laughing because i'm i'm going yeah yep yep
1: (laughs) and, and it's it's more maintenance it's it's more and it's it, it it feels like ten times the gear. <laughs> and it's even though it might be one other person, and then if your wife comes with you, that's another person that's riding, but so you have all these considerations to deal with, and it's a lot more work just to get there. Then you get there and you, your your son or daughter is like they're they're really good for an hour or or so and then depending on how tough the train is so you start riding and all of a sudden they're tired or they have a little wipeout and they're shooken up and it and and i think we could as dirt bike riders we can all kind of agree that hey if you have a little wipeout it might take you a little while to recover from it before you're ready to just jump back on the bike again yeah so you get there and it's like okay I want to go ride this. I'm thinking in my mind, um, we're going to go do this. We're going to go ride all day. We're going to go ride. The kids are going to, their kids are going to outride me. And really what you find is you get out there and a half an hour later, they're tired, they're hungry, they're thirsty. And you're like, man, I the bike just warmed up. Exactly, and now you're stopping, and you're doing snacks and food, and 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 maybe there's tears. There's always tears. Yeah. I don't know that we've ever gone dirt <laughs> bike riding and not have crying. I'm like, is every parent's experience like this? I mean, I would have done anything to to be taken out and go riding as a kid. And here I'm like, these kids got these awesome bikes that I dreamed about forever. And all this, and we're out here and they're crying. There's no crying and dirt bike, right? The, the last time we were out riding around, at, it was, it was sand dunes, but there was a hard pack area. And my youngest is crying. And I'm like, why are you crying? I don't know. <laughs> Just ride. And he's telling me he's crying, but he can't stop. He doesn't know why. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so you might, as a dad, come out there and ride in a little circle with your son or daughter for an hour. And that might be all you get to do. And, and I think being happy that you're out there together and realizing that, Hey, this is, this is, this is going to be your best friend later for riding. This is your family. It's an investment in your family. So it's, it's, it's more about the experience of going out there. And less about the full on. I'm riding with the guys for four or five hours.
0: I loved what you just said because that the words the word investment is the word that I've used and thought of, and I have to remind myself. You just said it's an investment in your future, and that is a hundred percent what this is. You are investing in your future and your future relationship with your family, whether it's yeah. a daughter or whether it's a son. The times that you go out there and you just, you drove that hour or whatever it was, half hour, four, whatever it was, and you go out there and you get this little ride in, you're just putting small investments in your brokerage account for the future. (laughs) You know what I mean? And and eventually there's going to be enough money in that brokerage account where you can actually start to draw on that, but you're just building it up and it's investing in the future and it's going to take baby steps. And, but I'll, but I'll tell you how, and I'm starting to see this. So just, what day is it? it? Is it Wednesday today? Wednesday. So yep, on, Wednesday. On, on Monday, on Memorial Day, the whole family wanted to get out and kind of like kick off summer. We didn't go camping over the weekend, but we decided to go to kind of do this dirt bike hike thing. So I was going to take the boys dirt biking on this little loop, and, and my wife and two daughters were going to try to hike a little bit of it and just have a fun time. And I said to my wife, I'm like, well, let me just take the boys up this. I had kind of like a little loop in mind. And I'm like, let me just take them up the trail a little ways. And I said, I don't think they're going to be able to do this. I don't think they're going to love the bottom part, but not the top part. So just let me take them up there a little bit. Maybe we'll all just, we'll ride for like 10 minutes, like you just said, Scott, and then we'll come down and we'll just take off our gear and we'll go on the hike with you. Well, I take the boys up a little bit and I get them through one section. And then I just decided, I decided, you know what? I'm just going to push them up. I'm going to push them up this hill and do this loop. And I might, I know I might be in for it. Um, yeah. and I had ridden that trail like three days before by myself, but I'm just blitzing along, you know, and second gear, third gear, not even thinking about it. Well, the point of the story is the boys absolutely, totally shocked me. Yeah. They yeah. sometimes you, you put in this, all this effort with them and it's going to take years and everything, but then all of a sudden you're going to get to a point where they, where they will start to surprise you yeah. and all of those yeah you know, line upon line that they've been building and skill stacking on top of skill and confidence. That's another huge thing is confidence stacking on top of confidence. And then you get to this point where you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that thing that they just went on. Like you have that, you're like, your heart skips a beat. You're like, wait a second. Holy crap. This trail is really skinny and there's that kind of slough off area and it's 20 feet down and they just stand up on the pegs and they go through it and I see it. In my head, I'm watching the kids right behind them, and I'm going, please don't, please just trust your skills and just go through it. And I watch them yeah. stand up and go through it. And your heart is so full. You're like, I cannot believe you just did that. And yeah. you're just like, wow, I, I need to stop underestimating you because we coddle our kids and coddling is not the right word, but you, you kind of nurture them and you help them to have fun and you build it slowly, yeah. slowly, slowly. Then you get to a certain point where you can start making withdrawals out of that, out of that future brokerage account because yeah. they're actually going through it and they're doing it. And that is so rewarding. And it was just 24 hours or no, 48 hours ago right now to where I'm up on the mountain with the kids and I couldn't be prouder. I couldn't be happier, and and yes, and it, it, I went. Awesome it was Kyle. a slow ride. It was for me. Yeah. It was a super short ride, and we did this loop. But it was the most rewarding ride I've probably done in three months or four months because I'm yeah. finally getting to see the benefit of some of that some of that work we've put in.
1: Yeah, and I and I I just that's absolutely true. I, my kids would do the same thing, and I think one of the things where you know, when I look back at lessons learned is go at their pace and be happy that you're out there together and have that good attitude and not get frustrated. And I think for all the dads out there listening to this, you can have the greatest intentions in the world. And it's easy for me to say it. I think it's easy to say, don't get frustrated. But then when you're there in the moment, it's a weekend, you've made all the effort to get out there. It's hard to live it out. But I think you don't want to ruin the fun. You want to remember you're out there for fun. And there was a guy that I've known that I've ridden with a couple of times. And he's one of those guys that just had a natural talent for riding motorcycles. He invites me over to his house and he was riding a a Honda 450 R and he rode a wheelie all the way down his driveway turned and i'm looking i told him i wasn't a very a very unlike a c-class rider just a trail rider and he goes no i don't care it doesn't matter how good you are just come over and have fun with us and he had a motocross track and this guy could clear all the doubles and triples and had a big ramp and was doing stuff that the pros do and super cool guy but what he told me and the reason i bring up the story is that when he was a kid his stepdad recognized early on that this kid could ride and he could ride good and he was going to push him and he pushed him and pushed him and pushed him and and he took all the fun out of it yeah and he he just he pushed back on his dad and didn't want to ride anymore so his dad sold the bike and he didn't ride for a while because it created so much conflict because the dad saw the talent and tried to push him to be more than he wanted to go and what he told me was few years went by and his dad shows up with a bike in the truck went out bought a brand new bike and rolled it out of the truck and said here you go have fun just no pressure go ride i know you like to ride have fun at your level and that's that's what i got to remember that when i'm riding that i got to ride it at their level and with this covid thing all of our riding areas got shut down so there was no riding in the desert 100 that we like to go to got got canceled uh memorial day weekend is always our. i've gone and ridden the poker run there's an, an organized event that's got a kids course and all that which, stuff. which state are you and in i'm in washington state okay. so so i live I, I live in western washington so we ride the mountains and the, there's a couple of riding areas around us and there's poker runs and stuff like that that we'll do and and we don't do a lot of that but i like to do the shelton valley poker run and i like to do the desert 100 and we uh <clears throat> so that stuff all got canceled, so we started just riding in the backyard and i' I've got like a half acre, so we don't have a big backyard, and it's a grass, and it's a little bit of a slope to it, but we've got a, a basically a track burned into our grass and I'm out there this weekend with the two boys, and we're just putting around on the little bikes, and they're having fun, and we rode for an hour, and that was good, and they had a great time, and I'm just out there riding with them, having a good time and I just gotta remember that hey, that's that's what this is all about. So so yeah, so just to keep it fun. That's the big thing, is just keep it fun. And that's what I really meant about lowering expectations is lowering your own expectations so that you still are you're having fun regardless, and your attitude is good regardless, and you're building up your voice because it's just like what Kyle's saying at some point those kids are gonna be they're gonna be waiting on you you know? <laughs> so Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I loved all of that. I could echo all of that. And even just like with getting the kids ready for in the beginning, you're going to be putting their boots on you because they won't yep. be able to snap their boots. You're going to be lacing their helmet because they won't know how to do it. You're going to be doing yep. all of these things. And so you will be dressing, you know, two people or three people or however many yep. kids you have, and, and but slowly it'll get better to where it's like, okay, they can do their own helmet now. And Oh, they can, you know, strap their own boots now, and they can do these things. But I don't. I look at the rides with my kids totally different, as as opposed to the rides where I go out with my buddies or myself. Um, and you just have to have that expectation: we're going to go out and we're going to ride as as a family, and we're going to have fun and we're going to enjoy it. Um, but I'm not going to get my feel of riding. It isn't. Yeah. So you go into it knowing that if you have your expectation of like. I'm not going to get my feel of riding today. Then you won't be so let down, and so it, it's all. Yeah. Sometimes it's all about setting the right expectations. So let's That's talk about.
1: Good, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Let's go to the next. Yeah, let's go to the next. Let's go to the next
0: one. I wondered about communications. So I don't know what your experience has been with this, because um, I've tried a couple different now options. I've done it with no communications. I'm talking about helmet communications. Um, have you Have you done any helmet comms? I've, What's your thought on it? I that? have
1: not. I have not. Um, the only experience with it was a long time ago, like 18 years ago, when I first got into riding, we rode with a guy who was an ex-military communications guy and he built some radios. So this is like early 2000. He built some radios that worked like the ones you have. Put it in your helmet and it had a kill switch button and they worked really good. Um, and I don't, you know, but you couldn't buy the stuff like, like you can today. And I don't have anything with our kids today I don't use anything um so kind of what we do is when we're all riding together my wife will usually lead so we'll stop at each intersection so that's kind of the rule that we have is hey if we come to an intersection we always stop and wait and regroup and then we talk about where we're going to go and I usually ride in the back uh follow in case somebody has a problem I can stop and help so that's really what we do I I was kind of hoping you were going to like one of those communication systems, so I could I could buy one that worked good. <laughs> yeah, so
0: um, I do like. Well, I should use the term. I should I should clarify what I mean by like. <laughs> um, there, I love that. I love the idea of having. If you had, and, and if I go out with with guys or like uh, other people, and we have our kids, we will generally put you know the big person in the front, a lot of, actually now my boys will just lead, but it is good to have somebody behind to clean up because you never know what's going to happen. Like a kid yeah. will have a problem somewhere and they, the bike can tip over and it can be on top of them and they need some help. And so it's always best to have somebody playing clean up. And so now yeah. usually when I'm going with the boys, I am playing clean up. I'll let them lead. Cause mm-hmm. if it's just me and them, I'll let the boys lead and I'm playing clean up to make sure that everything's okay. I, it's not a good idea to just get out there and go away from the boys. You can in lead, you can do that if you have helmet comms. And if you're always yeah. staying in communication, that's one of the best, that's one of the good things about having helmet communications is you can't, you as the dad can be out in front. And if it's not too dusty, you can say, watch what I do. Problem is a lot of times it's so dusty. They can't watch what you do anyway. Yeah. So you might as well just talk about things and get behind them. So, um, the communication stuff, I tried the Senna Evo 20s headsets and I hated those, as long as the day they never, it was hard to get them to connect. It's one thing if you're just connecting one person, it's like you and your one kid, they connect. Okay. You start getting more than, you know, two people and then they're not great and they lose connection all the time. And if you lose connection with one person, a lot of times you lose connection with the rest of the group. So I did not like the Senas. What I'm using right now are the Cardo Pack Talk Duo or the Pack Talk Bold. And then I got the Duo, which is just two and you know, two in the pack. And then I had to buy a third one. Actually, somebody else bought me a third one. But um, thanks, Garrett, for doing that. But anyway, the Cardo Pack Talks are much better because they have more of a mesh technology where everyone is connected to everyone at the same time. And okay. so and so. if I lose connection with one son, I still have I still have comms with the other one as long as I'm within okay. line of sight. And they're all those, the little in in helmet comms are all basically just line of sight. I've gone riding, riding with other guys where it's just kind of like an actual radio pack, like kind of like a walkie talkie and those will work a long ways away and it doesn't have to be line of sight. And so if you were with your riding buddies and you thought, well, I need to have communication with people and I want it to work over a mile or two, or, you know, probably the, the radio, the radio comms would be a better bet, but you don't generally put that in your helmet. I guess you can get an earpiece that goes in there. Yeah. Um, but we've been using the the Cardos and and they, they work really well. They've just basically connected every time we turn them on all three of the headsets. They're kind of a pain to get installed in the helmet. And I, there were, when I was putting them in the helmets, I don't like doing that. You're trying to get the wires in there and the helmet, the kid helmets are a little smaller and the cheek pieces and stuff don't want to go in as well. And then if the, if the ear, you know, the little microphone or the speaker thing isn't exactly in the right place. They won't be able to hear, and so it can kind of be frustrating to get them started. But yeah. now that we've got them working, it is a benefit, and it's expensive because it costs about two hundred fifty bucks a helmet. So their freaking comms are probably more than their helmet. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, and you might be able to get them for cheaper. But the benefit is this: I can give them real time feedback on what they're on what they're doing right now, mm-hmm. and I can be like, I was doing this just you know, 48 hours ago, I'm like riding behind my nine-year-old. I'm like, Hey buddy, kick your toe in point that toe in. And he finally then had it had, he had his foot get ripped off the bike twice in like 10 seconds or something. And I'm like, see, your foot got clipped off the bike. That's why I'm telling you to put your toes in. And I'm like, and then on that one rock you hit, you're just going to have to lift your foot on that one that you hit. And I'm able to tell him this literally when it's still fresh in his mind, it happened two seconds ago and I'm like, buddy, next time you see a rock like that, you're going to have to raise your right foot. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And so the real time feedback is pretty cool. And so I don't want to use them with my riding buddies, but having them with the kids, if you have the option, if you, because they're expensive, all this is expensive, but if you have the ability, the Cardo pack talks are pretty good. And it does give you a little bit of an advantage because then you can provide that coaching and, in real time and you can also make sure they're still having fun i can't tell you i it's such a mental thing where you can say hey guys isn't this so fun isn't this a blast and if you if you do that in the middle of the ride it's kind of like you're reinforcing that that fun idea
1: yeah we're actually having fun out here yeah remind them remind
0: them that you're having fun and then if something happens where they're not having fun like if they you know if they tip the bike over i can be like you know, do you need help? And I can tell if they, st- if they don't answer right away, it's probably because they're in starting up, a, working up to a cry, you know,
1: and, yep. and well, you can be
0: like, Hey buddy, just breathe, just breathe. And We're going to be okay.
1: A couple things just to kind of build on that, Kyle, is, and I wrote a note down here is kids, you know how, when you start to bonk as an adult, it's, it's kind of a degradation. It's, it happens a little slower. Kids have a tendency to go off cliffs. Yeah. And so what I've noticed with like my five-year-old when he was riding his 50 in a trail, we were riding and riding, we were going around, and all of a sudden, the difference was one lap. And this wasn't a big area, but he starts to lose it. And I think and he was having a lot of fun, he didn't want to stop, but he just, he just, he, he finished that lap and then he just fell over and laid there. And he was done. (laughs) He wasn't going to ride out. I had to walk back down there and push the bike home because he was just done, done. And so kids can have a tendency, and I don't know if you've noticed this with your kids, but they tend to go off cliffs. And the one thing my wife was saying to make sure I mentioned is snacks, all capital letters. Nice. So snacks. So take lots of food and snacks and feed them more than you think you might need to. You know, before they're hungry, maybe here's a bar, here's a pack of trail mix or something, because and hydration and hydration. Take water, and and just make sure you're feeding them with things they want to eat that are going to give them energy. Because once they bonk, it's a bummer.
0: So- <laughs> yeah, it, it can happen. It can happen to to people too. I've ridden with people where they hit like an emotional, physical energy wall and, and you're yeah. done. And, and like you said, the kids, yeah. the kids are kind of like the old, you remember the, the old, well, it's not old. We still have them, but like an alkaline battery, an alkaline battery yeah. is basically made so that it will, it will put out its full output until it gets down to a certain point And then boom, it just shuts off. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. like slowly taper off like the old nickel, nickel cad Now we're dating ourselves like the NICAD batteries, yeah, the nickel yeah. cadiums, yeah. they would, they would kind yeah. of like slowly get lower, 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 you know, but yeah. if you have... The the kids are like, they're on, 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 on. And then they drop off the cliff like you're talking about. And so it's, it's good for not literally, but they, their energy level just like all of a sudden drops. And so it's important to have water hydration. What I've started to do with my boys the last few years is I make them carry their own packs.
1: I'm like, okay, you've got
0: a riding pack. We're going to make sure you've got water in it. You're going to have food in it. I'm carrying all the tools. Um, but I make them carry jackets. And that's another thing. I'm like, guys, look at the weather. Let's look and try to decide what we're going to do. We can always put a pack. We can always take a layer off. Or you can tie it around your waist or you can put it in your pack, but we can't put a layer on. And so you're teaching them all these things. You're, you're, you're trying to teach them to be present and be, have you know uh, emergency preparedness and just general preparedness. Guy, you're going to yeah. need a drink and you're going to need a snack. Yeah. So let them pick it and let them carry it. And I think that's a pretty good one.
1: Yeah, that's it and that's that's one of the things that could make the real difference in your experience is snacks and water. And then I and then one of the other notes I had on here is consider the bike you're riding behind them. And like I know like on a couple of the bikes like I know like the KTM XCW, the 300 XCW one of the comments that I've heard a lot is first gear is just kind of unusable cuz it's super slow. Um, however, if you're, if that's the only bike you have and you have a little, a little son or daughter that you're going to ride with on a PW50 and you're going to go put around camp with them or put around the yard with them, that, that seemingly unusable first gear for normal adult riding might be useful to practice your balancing skills and some other things riding slow. So I kind of wrote down here a good ride, a, a bike that goes slow well might be make your experience more fun and one of the things i saw last year when i was at the uh, poker run event that we do over memorial day weekend as i saw this dad following a pw50 on the kids course and he's on his yamaha wr450 and he just looked like he was hating life
0: the bike's going to be overheating
1: <laughs> the bike's just because that pw50 goes so slow for that big thing And it's just, he just looks so frustrated. And here I am, I've got an (laughs) XR200. And that XR200 is, it's one of those bikes that's incredibly entertaining to ride if you don't take yourself too seriously when you're on it. If you're just, you're just playing around, having fun, there's no suspension on that thing. It's it's really only good up to third gear. It's got a six speed transmission in it for some reason. But there's no there's but, not
0: enough power to pull it in, in the higher gear. There's not enough power gears. to even
1: pull <laughs> it. But but in first year, the thing's almost like a child's bike, and so I'm out riding that thing around with my kids. It's super quiet. It's the quietest bike we own by a long shot. It it'll literally go an entire summer on a tank of gas. So. That's not my bike that I ride. I and he's not, he's it. not
0: he's not exaggerating, guys. You, you you might think he's exaggerating. No. You only put you only put gas in those types of bike like once a summer like because it, once it a summer. I, there, it's actually ion technology where it's actually like using it maybe it's hydrogen. Maybe it's a hydrogen fuel yeah. cell because they don't yeah. actually burn the gas that you put in the tank. They don't
1: burn the gas. I don't even understand. You could do 200 miles on that thing. And I ride that bike all the time with the boys, especially if I'm in my, I live in a neighborhood. So in the backyard, I'll pull that thing out and ride that around with the kids. It's got a super soft seat on it. So when you're sitting, because a lot of times you might have a little kid ride with you, you know, so that's sometimes what I'll do is I'll have my youngest would ride with me when he wasn't ready to ride. Well, I can, you can't stand up when you have them with you. So right. you just sit on that thing and cruise behind because you're just, you're riding sweep and you're, you're support group so you're sitting on it so i guess that goes back to lowering your expectations hey you know you might be just sitting on something like that putting and so consider that i mean an xr200 you can find so they don't come up all the time but when you find them they're 1200 bucks will get you one that runs great you know for a good condition one it could be 1200 bucks for a bad condition one it could be 600 so if that's something just to and, and there's a lot of choices there, Kyle. I mean, there's that, there's TTRs, there's... But think about the idea of having a... Maybe if you can, if it's an option for you to have something like that. I mean, I paid a 1000 bucks for that bike. And it was in really good shape. Yeah. Actually got it with the XR70. And it's, it's a cool follow kids around bike. You know, because I'm going to go... Think, I can't go fast on it, so... You know, and you don't need to, and I don't need to, yeah. And and
0: that's it's it's such a good point because you're gonna have more fun on the XR200 playing sweep with your kids than you are on your 450. You know, like your 450 race bike or whatever, it's not going to be fun. You will have more fun on a bike that you can take yourself a little less seriously, or a little, yeah, yeah, and and, and also that won't overheat. So if you're going to if you can't afford two bikes and you do have a bigger like 450 motocross bike or maybe like a KTM 500 EXC or something like this, install a fan on the bike because you're yeah. going to be going so slow that the thing is going to need more air pulling through the radiator. And it, it and just that's a nice thing. The XRs, that's a, you know, you're talking about an air cool bike. If you could find like, let's say you've got your high performance race bike and you're like this Mr. Bad A or whatever. You're going to spend a lot of money on these bikes with the kids, the the littler bikes. You might, it might be a good idea for you to get a low maintenance, um, four stroke, low compression, just something that is easier, that isn't going to overheat so much just to go with them and play sweep, you know? So I, I I love that idea. I haven't done that because I've always just had all these different bikes kicking around, but I don't take, like if I, when we were doing the really slow stuff, I wouldn't take certain bikes now with my boys on the 65s. They're ripping, and yeah. I can take any oh, bike. Yeah. I can take any bike that I want. But in the early days, that that's a really good idea that I didn't do. Well, uh, but I also wasn't riding thing? a lot of four strokes that were overheating. I would ride like a KTM 300 that didn't yeah. overheat. You can take a KTM yeah, 300 that, and it won't overheat as long as you're not climbing a massive hill, spinning the yeah. wheel.
1: And that's a good go slow bike in first gear because it's got that really low first gear. Yeah and so if that's the kind of bike you have, you know the other thing too is like a CRF 150f that kind of thing electric yeah. start um that was play bike of the year i don't know years ago in dirt rider and so some of these little bikes are kind of fun for an adult to jump on and just rip around on yeah. you know like i said if you're not taking yourself too seriously and and, and my main bike that i ride is a KDX 220 nice. and so i even though that one goes slow and and actually it was Kyle, um, you know, I had a CR250 for a long time. That I tried to convert to a Woods bike and it was actually watching all your videos. that just was like, I got to sell this dumb thing because I'm missing <laughs> out here. And I had bought the KDX initially for my wife. And every time I rode that, I'm like, I like this better. And it's that less power, more confidence. So some of that just my personal preference. Um, I know that's not everybody's personal preference, but it's my personal preference that I can actually ride more confidently with less power. Yeah. Um, and and honestly, that what's what's interesting about the XR two hundred for those of you that don't know, is it has a full size front tire. To me, what makes it more cause I used to have a CRF one fifty as well. And the XR two hundred is kickstart, so there's no battery. It's super low maintenance, but it's that motor that makes all its power on the bottom and it really signs off. After you get past the mid rev, there's no top end of that bike. It doesn't rev out like a modern four stroke would, um, which actually makes it super entertaining for low speed technical trail riding and, and so, and, and or low speed following children. And so it's got a full size twenty-one inch front tire with a seventeen inch rear tire and it's a shorter, smaller bike. So I'm five eleven and I find that bike incredibly entertaining to ride just for messing around on. Yeah. So it's just throwing that out there. Well, yeah. For no. those that are
0: go ahead. Finish yeah, that go...
1: point. Oh, I just I'm just throwing that out there for those. It's 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 fun to build skills on it. It's fun to Play off little objects when you're following your youngster around. So that's why I like that. I just find it incredibly entertaining. And it, and it taught me that I don't need all this power to have fun. And that's yes. why I like the KDX so much because it's that perfect mix of it's more, I, the XR200 is not enough power to go out and ride with the guys. By a long shot, it's not enough power. But the KDX is like that perfect mix. It's like, wow, this thing is really good on the bottom. And it's got plenty of power when I need it, but I can, but I'm super confident on it.
0: Yeah, You know, you you thought you made me think of another thing that I do when I'm riding with the boys, um, that is a, is kind of a fun thing. So you're going to be going slower. You're going to be, you're going to be sweeping with the kids. That gives you an opportunity to slow down and look for fun things to do. You know, yeah. when you're out bombing with yourself or bombing with the guys, it's all, you know, there's all this competitive stuff and everyone's trying to race each other and everything. That's the funny thing. People ask me, they're like, Kyle, why don't you race? And I'm like, I race every time I'm on my dirt bike. <laughs> it just isn't in like a sanctioned race where there's going to be some podium at the end. But the, the whole yeah. thing is when you're riding with your kids, you're going to be going so much slower and that gives you the opportunity to then focus on some different things find rocks to hit hit things on purpose that you wouldn't normally yeah. hit hit this log yeah. hit that rock there's that side hill berm thing and so you can have fun on your dirt bike at any speed and so just because we said let's lower our expectations you know we're not going to ride as much when we're with our kids that doesn't mean that we don't have fun so yeah. lower your expectations yeah. down and then ch- and then set your sights on something else you know you you can say like okay I'm going to stand up on the pegs for this entire ride. I'm never once going to sit on the seat. And even though I'm going to be going slow and, uh, you know, I'll have to jump off and help them, but I'm not going to use my seat. I'm going to pretend like my seat, I'm allergic to it. And I'm going to stand the entire time and build the endurance and build my back muscles because you can build your back muscles and stuff like that just by having a purpose and say, okay, I'm going to hit every rock, every rock that's about the size of my front tire. I'm going to go over there and try to hit it. Just because I've I'll have time. I can come up set up for the rock. The boys will go off a little ways. I'll hit the rock and then I'll go off and I'll catch back up to them. So you can come up with fun things to do. You know, just because you're with the kids doesn't mean you can't have fun. You're just gonna go a longer a shorter distance. The time is probably gonna be shorter, but you can still find things to do in the trail. Have you ever have you ever thought about oh, yeah. that when you're riding? That's
1: I yeah, I do that all the time. And it's funny, I'll try to sometimes I'll try to do a a stop and just balance a little bit and then try to catch up to them. But then what I find is they stop and wait for them. And I'm like, you guys don't need to stop or wait for me Just keep going. You know? Well, that's where but the yeah, comms come I,
0: in. That's what you, cause yeah. you can say, Hey, just keep going, you know, or yeah. if you have to pass them for something for whatever to show them a line, then you can just tell them, okay, just keep going. You know, I, we yeah. do, we do hand signals too. Like I have a hand signal where I roll my hand, like, you know, keep going. And so we would, I would, I'll use hand signals too, but if you've got the comms, then you can be like, Hey guys, I'm going to hit this hill right here. You guys just keep going and I'll catch up to you. You know?
1: Yeah. 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 That's good stuff. Well, is there anything else you wanted to cover here, Kyle?
0: I think, I think we've covered most of it. I've, I've loved uh, tools. I guess we should talk about tools and emergency prep. Okay. So with tools I carry, that's the other complication is it's now you've got all the other things you have to carry what I am trying to do and trying to figure out is put like spark plugs. I actually have fouled a couple spark plugs now on the little bikes. I've never fouled a spark okay. plug on a big bike, but I've been carrying now spark plugs for the kids' bikes because every once in a while you can foul them. The littler bikes seem to be a little, a little more prone to that. It's probably a good idea to put an extra lever, a, you know, a set of levers in your kids' pack and then put a spark plug in your kids' pack um, because that's not heavy. You know, and then dad. Yeah, can you're gonna
1: ca- want levers. We've yeah. broken lever before.
0: And dad can carry tools. It's one thing for me to ride back with a broken lever, but it's it can be harder. And we've never actually broken a lever all the way off with the kids, even though I yeah. don't have hand on the bikes on my kids' bikes, because I'm like I'm carrying a fleet of bikes. I have five full size bikes, and then each kid has a bike, and I got two trials bikes. So I literally have you know anywhere from five to twelve bikes at a time because this is my gig yeah. now full time, and so. Yeah. I can't put like handguards and everything on every bike, but right. it's amazing how we haven't actually broken one all the way off, but it, it's gonna pay luck favors the prepared. So let's have tools. let's have a few of these items in our pack or in their packs. Um, and then emergency stuff I carry I try to carry with me um, like Ibuprofen. I try to carry with me like a like a way to stop bleeding i I've carried. I'm carrying Israeli bandages now. Um, just okay. in case we have some puncture, you know, somebody gets stuck with a, you know, something in their shin or something or their arm. I can, I'm not carrying tourniquets with me, but I'm carrying like an Israeli bandages. And then I'm carrying a GPS, you know, communicator with me. I've always got my cell phone, but not all the time are we in coverage. And so I'll carry a GPS communicator where I could call for an SOS if I needed to. And I just feel like if we're, if we're going to get out there very far away from civilization, which we're getting further and further now with the boys there's that extra um you know that extra responsibility on us we are the primary caretakers when we're out there yep. obviously that yep. m- mom isn't there and you need to you need to realize it's all on you now you know and their their livelihood they're trusting themselves with you and we need to take that um responsibility seriously and we need to maybe soften ourselves just a little bit when we're out there because mom isn't there anymore. I'm trying to raise men. I'm not I don't yeah. look at, I don't look at myself as raising little boys. I'm I'm grooming men. And so I yeah. want them to be tough, but at the same time it uh, you know it's okay to cry for a little bit. It's okay. it, Once it gets excessive then I'm like, "Okay, let's breathe and let's let's think about something else we can do. Let's stop crying now. It's been it's been a minute and let's start breathing now." But you need to maybe soften yourself a little bit because you're the only, you're the only one there now, you know? And, yeah, I agree. And mom, mom has like this nurturing side and they're, they're tend to, you know, I'm going to come over, I'm going to hold you, I'm going to kiss a boo-boo or whatever. I'm not saying you have to do all that, but what I am saying is just know that this child might be in kind of a traumatic situation that's just happened. They might've just crashed. It was scary. It was traumatic. And it's not always the best for you to just go up there and say, walk it off. Yeah, You know, there's a time for saying, walk it off. And there's a time for having a little bit of compassion and empathy. And I think if we can walk that line, um, and show a little bit more empathy and compassion than we, than maybe we would otherwise, it, it can go to build their confidence up. Like I said to the boys the other day, we were up there on this trail ride and I mentioned to them you know if you have to fall make sure you fall into the hill cuz we don't want to fall down uh, this little embankment here cuz it was like 25 30 feet down and i said yeah. but here's the thing guys if you if the bike starts to go down there just let it go i just want you to jump off and save yourself cuz i don't care about the bike at all what i care about is that you're safe and so if your bike goes down that embankment i don't care i just want you to not go down the embankment and they're like well could you fix the bike if it fell off that and i'm like absolutely i could fix the bike and so I don't care. I don't want you to purposely abuse the bikes, but I'm never going to get after you for crashing you know, and breaking that part. I'll be like, yeah. hey, we got to fix this. And so it's, it's good to set the expectation with the kids. That's something that my dad didn't do as well with me. I was terrified. And my dad will listen to this podcast, so I got to be careful. My dad is an awesome dad. <laughs> but he taught me, his thing was, if you tip the bike over, you've crashed it. And he will still yeah. talk about people, quote, crashing his bike, 30 years later, when really it was just tipping the bike over. What I tell my kids is if we're not tipping the bike over, we're probably not trying hard enough, Yeah, (laughs) you know, and we're going to, we're going to scratch plastic and that's okay. And you're going to break off a fender and that's okay. And you're going to break a lever and that's okay. It's $8, Yeah. you know, it's okay. We're going to break things. We're going to fix them. We're going to do it together. We're going to come home. We're going to clean them up, you know, teach them how to clean the bike. They need to be washing the bike. Once they get to a certain level, have them out there washing the bike with you and scrubbing it down and hand drying it and have them help you lube the chain and have them look at the chain with you. Do we need to adjust this chain? You know, and so you can start to build all these things in there and it's just, we're making, we're building men and women, you know, strong daughters and strong, we're building strong people and we're having a blast while we're doing it and I just love it.
1: So this last bike I bought, the 100. I bought from a guy who had a couple of daughters, and he wanted his daughters to ride because he wanted them to have confidence. And he goes, "Motorcycles are a fun way to get confidence." And I think it can be—you can ride safe, you can be safe, and you can learn a lot of great skills. It's—it's great to learn how to break something. Learn if you broke something, how we fix it because everything can be fixed. And the—the great thing is is that this learning how to work on motorcycles is a great introduction to basic mechanics because they're not that complicated. So those are all really good skills um, for your kids to learn as they do this.
0: Yeah. I love it. Well, Scott, it's been a pleasure talking to you. It's actually been really fun. I'm sorry it took us so long. Your initial email was, you know, a month and a half ago. But No, um, that's
1: okay. I I know you're super busy and, uh, you know, I really enjoy watching your videos. I've watched most of them, I think. Um, and I carry a saw with me. So I went and I got a couple of these Corona saws. So I have a saw in my, in my backpack and I've actually started including the kids on that. So if we see a branch hanging over, we've been cutting it off. Yeah. Um, and we talked about that. I just bought a, uh, a mount so I can mount the chainsaw to my motorcycle. Cause there's a couple trails that this time of year they have trees over. So we're one of the things that you kind of inspired me on was. We should do a little bit and, and your little bit matters. Cause if everybody just does a little bit, all the trails get maintained. Absolutely. And so that's something that's a great time to stop. The kids like helping. We've, I've, I've had the kids with me a couple of times. There was a tree across one of the trails and we were out there and I said, Hey, let's get this thing cleaned up. So we took the tree, we cut, stopped and took a break and cut the tree out of the way. Um, so get yourself a saw, and carry it. And handsaw yeah. handsaw hand
0: hand at the least. You know, you can carry a little a hand folding handsaw. Yeah. It doesn't even yeah. have to be a you know, seven, six, seven, eight, nine inch blade folded into yeah. its own handle. You'd be amazed the things I've been amazed the in little, the last couple of weeks, what you can cut out. Yeah.
1: The little folding corona saw at Lowe's works really good and it's twenty bucks. Yeah. And I like the one you have. I'd love to hear a more in depth review on it.
0: I've got a couple um, that I'm right. trying and so I'll I'll do some more stuff on them. But it, it's amazing what you can cut out with these things. You can cut out a ten inch yeah. log, you know. Yeah. You, obviously you cut on one side, you cut on the other side, and it might take you a few minutes. Yeah. The the you know, and then you can have a chainsaw. Like some guys will carry chainsaws with them. Yeah. Um and it's good yeah. to have everybody doing that. But if everyone's taking a little bit and I've been showing it more, just I, I've done that. I've always cleaned out trails and cleaned things out. Yeah. I don't always do it as much, but I had some people email me or saying like what are you doing for our trails? All you're doing is riding them. And I'm and it kind of kind of tur- it kind of torqued me cuz I'm like, "Brother, yeah, I'm doing probably just as much as you. It's just I'm not showing it." So, yeah. now I'm going to start showing it a little bit more because I want to try to set an example for people and be like, "Hey, look. It's very rare, very rare that I go on a ride where I don't pull something out of the trail, where I don't clean up well, the trail." You know, I would say I would say 85% of the time there's at least once in the ride where I stop purposely to clean something out of the trail. That's a safety issue or a potential hazard for people. I'm not looking to make everything easy. I'm just looking for safety issues. You know, it's yeah. like somebody might not see that or I or that thing ripped my goggles off and I'm lucky that I still have my eyesight if somebody comes through here without goggles, they might get their eye poked out. I stop and I'll yeah. cut that out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You and know? it doesn't take, I mean, if everybody does a little, it just does a little bit. If, 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 if you even half the people ride and did a little bit, then the trails will stay clean. And I, I like that podcast you do with that forest worker from Idaho. Cause I'm going to take a trip there this summer with a friend of mine and we're going to ride and we're going to both buy Idaho tags like we're supposed to now. And I, that's a good thing. Cause that's money goes to making those trails nice. And so that's kind of the other thing too, that that's also good to include them in cause the kids like helping with that stuff. So. And yeah, you're so set and you're building
0: that. them. You're setting up that, you know, if you teach the kids, this is what we do, then they're going to continue to do that, you know, in yeah. their, in their riding and they'll stop with their friends and it, it just, it all, you know, it all perpetuates from there. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks Kyle. I appreciate you letting me be part of your program. So that was, it's super, it's, that was fun. I wasn't sure if you were going to let me be part of it or just do the podcast yourself. So, oh, no. So I, that was cool.
0: I love I can't. I, there's, see, the thing is, and if people want to email me, uh, it's Kyle at Dirt Bike Channel. If you, want, if you have podcast ideas, I get a lot of people that email me ideas. But if you are articulate and you have something here, you know, a lot of times what I'll do, and I, I didn't do with you, this with you, Scott. A lot of times I'll just have a call. Um, with people. Some people, some people don't love recording. Like I'll have, I'll have other people where I'll be, Hey, can I record this? And they don't want to. And that's totally fine. But I love just, yeah. you know, riff, you know, get, building on ideas with people. Of, let's face it. A lot of the people that are listening to this podcast or watching my dirt or, you know, you know, YouTube channel, we all have really similar mindsets, but we have different ideas and we can, you know, add something to the community. So thanks for taking, well, thanks I, for taking the time.
1: I, I did not, know how to put two dirt bikes into a six and a half foot bed and close the tailgate <laughs> until i saw you do it on dirt bike channel so there's lots of value There's in the little stuff things, you're doing
0: little so. things that uh, can help so okay yeah, well, let's, well thank you kyle yeah let's keep in touch and uh and uh we'll we'll chat soon
1: okay absolutely okay. have a great day you too thanks scott okay bye, bye.
0: So want to thank Scott for coming on with us again. If you guys have ideas for podcasts, you can go ahead and email me. It's Kyle at dirtbikechannel.com. If you want to support Dirt Channel, one of the best ways you can do that is using my links to Rocky Mountain ATV and Motosport and Amazon. I have them on my website. If you go to dirtbikechannel.com uh, right now, you'll see the links. It's kind of up in the upper right-hand corner. You click on that and I've got different ideas that you can do. You can even bookmark those. Like that's what, what I ask people to do is like, Hey, Grab the actual link and then bookmark that for Rocky Mountain ATV. And that really helps me. Um, Also, if you're listening to this podcast before June 15th of 2020 here, I do have a dirt bike channel sweepstakes that's going on right now. I'm giving away three different bikes. We're giving away a 2020 Beta 300RR race edition. We're giving away a 2020 Yamaha YZ250FX. And we're giving away a 2019 KTM 300 XCW TPI. That bike has the most hours on it of all of them. It's got 124 hours on it. Um, It's in the shop right now. We're getting a new top end on that. I'm having uh, Kevin at Moto Experts actually rebuild that thing. The reason why I'm having him do it is then we can go there and I can be like, Hey, Kevin, how does the top end look on this bike? What does the cylinder wall look like? Do you think it has more or less wear than you would expect for a bike that has, you know, over 120 hours on it? And, uh, Yeah, so that's uh, that's a video series, or hope I don't know how many videos we'll do on it, but we'll have that coming up. So, anyway, that's what I've got going on. Um, Hopefully, everyone had a good Memorial Day weekend, and we're just starting to get into summer here. Um, Hopefully, we can get out of the coronavirus um, cloud that's been over us as a country and as a nation and as the world. I hope hope everyone is happy and healthy and safe, and I hope this podcast was gave you some ideas. Uh, of things that you can do with your kids and how you can set that up and just kind of give you a level set for what it's going to be like. If you go out there with your kids, I highly, highly recommend it um, because I'm starting to see some of the benefits now. It's, it's still a lot of work, but it's, it's becoming less work and it's becoming more rewarding as we go. So that's the one thing I would say to you guys is this is going to be hard, but it's going to be worth it. Make sure it's fun for the kids. And, uh, I guess the only other thing left to say is let's leave a single track. Thanks guys.